is I'm about to get started here. Um, today we are in the book of Ruth and I am just very excited because there's so much in Ruth. I mean, to understand the real significance. Yes, Ruth is a very small book. <laughs> um, the book of Ruth is very small compared to some of the others that we have studied, but it is still very important. In fact, I think that's the thing that's really amazing. God puts so much in even the little books. Amen. He puts so much even in the little books. Like I could not stop getting revelation after revelation after um, going into the book of Ruth. So I'm very excited about this. I hope you all are hungry. I hope you are ready to believe and receive the word of the Lord today. So before um, we really dive into this, let us pray and then we can hop into this word. So, Heavenly Father, right now I come before you and I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I pray that you will anoint my lips a clay that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom, be of everything of heaven and the spirit. I pray that you allow me to decrease so that you may increase. I submit my body to you, Lord. I submit my body to the Holy Spirit. I I say, Lord, possess my body and use it in any way that you see fit. And I pray, Holy Spirit, my friend, that you will give your people um, wisdom and revelation as um, we go and as we read and as we study your word. I pray, Lord, that revelation will just come from your throne, Holy Spirit, that you will prepare their hearts and minds to believe and receive the word of the Lord today. And so, look. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just have your way. Let my words be fire and your people would and let them be consumed by it. Lord, we love you. We adore you. Thank you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. While the present comfort of the Holy Spirit. And my prayer partners in agreement say amen, amen, and amen. All right. So today we are in Ruth. We have come a long way. Glory to God. Like... And, you know, in Judges, Judges was very interesting. Judges was very powerful. I hope you got a chance to listen to that if you missed it. But the key that I want people to understand is that Ruth, there's there's so much in Ruth. And we see almost exactly what the Christ is. Like we're going, like in the book of Ruth, you really see the love of Christ here. You know, uh, like I think in the other books, you see um, more of how the character of Christ, the power and etc. The things that he's going to do. You saw that in the other book. But here in the book of Ruth, I think you see more of what he actually did for us in a simpler way. And so the Lord really showed a lot with Ruth. So I want you, if you have your swords, I need you to go with me to Ruth chapter one. And, um, I want to start at verse 15. Again, if someone could put that in the chat, I will greatly appreciate it. So Ruth chapter one, we're going to start at verse 15. And I want people to understand this is that, you know, I'm gonna give you a little back background, um, concerning Ruth for those that don't, um, know the story. So, um, basically Ruth, um, the story of Ruth goes like this. So basically it's about, um, this family that goes off and they're, they're, uh, Jews, but they're, 
Um, they live in another land. They live in another land. And so what happens is um, the mother's name is Naomi and she has her husband and she has her two sons and her two sons end up marrying um, two girls, one named Ruth and the other um, Orpa. And so what happens is a famine hits the land and does, tragedy strikes the family. And so what happens is um, Naomi's husband dies. And her two sons died. And so what happens is, um, so now it's just Naomi and uh, her two daughter-in-laws. Okay. Now, this is a problem. Um, One of the reasons this is such a a big problem, especially um, if you understand um, the culture and you understand things like that. There has to be a man in order for there to be an inheritance there. And also none of, none of them have children, you know, um, Ruth or, um, Orpa. So there's no grandchildren, which means there's no heir. There's, there's no inheritance. There's, um, a widow can't really get land on her own. Like this is a very tough and bad situation. And so what Naomi decides to do, she decides to go back home. She decides to go back to Israel or, um, yeah, she decides to go back. But what she does is, and she loves her daughter-in-law. She, she loves them dearly and she gives them a choice, you know, and, and tells them, look, you know, I want you guys to go, you know, even though, yes, you married my sons, but my sons are dead now. So now you guys go, you leave, you go marry um, someone else, uh, be a part of their family and and, and um, have their children and, you know, uh, serve their, you know, whatever. So um, unfortunately, one of the daughter-in-laws decides to leave. One of the daughter-in-laws decides to um, leave Naomi. But what's so amazing about Ruth, you're about to see here in Ruth chapter one, verse 15. Are you there? And here, let's read this. And she said, behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. This is Naomi talking. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Glory to God. Now, the key is in 17, 18. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking and unto her. So here, what we see here is that Ruth decides, no, I'm not going to leave you, Naomi. I'm going to stay with you. No matter what happens, I'm going to be with you. Where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. Your people will be my people. And whatever God you serve, I will serve him too. Let me tell you something. You have no idea how powerful and amazing that is. You know, and I know a lot of people go over that and talk about it, but no, there's so much deeper into this because one, you have to understand what Ruth is actually doing. Ruth is deciding 
that she's not going anywhere. She is going to stay loyal to Naomi. When she got married to her husband, she became a part of her family. She said, just because your husband is gone, just because my husband is gone, does not mean you stop being my family. Oh, glory to God. How many people do we know have loyalty like that? Where you you have to see. This is why God was so impressed with Ruth. And, and, and you're about to see how God becomes impressed with Ruth later. But you have to understand that Ruth is not a Jew. She has no business being when Naomi goes back home she's an outsider she's an outcast she does not care her love for Naomi her love is what leads her to be an example for her love for God I hope you're catching this I want you to write this down loyalty is a sign of royalty write that down Loyalty is a sign of royalty. Okay? Though she be an outsider, though she is not a Jew, you're about to see in the book of Ruth how God makes a way for her to be a part of his kingdom. You're going to see how the inheritance of the kingdom was, it belonged mostly to the Jews. And Ruth is an outsider, so she can't receive the same inheritance. But look, but you're about to see what God is about to do. God is so ingenious. But why does God decide to bring in Ruth into this? It's because of her love. You have to understand love is the basic of everything pertaining to God. God God is more impressed of your love than anything else. And loyalty is a sign of love. See, this is the problem with the body of Christ, with the church. There's no loyalty in the church. There's no loyalty in the body of Christ. And that is why people, they don't understand. Yes, you can operate in the kingdom. You can operate in power. But if you don't understand loyalty, you will not operate in royalty. Oh, you you need to understand that. Because think about it. Jesus is loyal to you, even though you're not always loyal to him. Loyalty is a sign of royalty. When, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. When Jesus calls Peter and he tells Peter, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And he says that whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So he said, I will personally back you, Peter. Peter is the first disciple to receive the revelation that Jesus is the son of God. And Jesus immediately says that was not revealed to you by man. My father himself revealed that to you. Peter becomes one of his best friends on the earth. If not his best friend on the earth. And the thing is, you have to understand this. Peter betrayed Jesus. Peter turned his back on Jesus. Even after all the wonderful things Jesus said about Peter. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And yes, Jesus was talking about himself, but he was also talking about Peter. 
Peter, after Jesus is raised from the dead and goes back to heaven, he hands the church over to Peter. Peter becomes the first leader of the church. You have to understand this. And so Peter has, he even changes his name. God changes his name. Peter is not his name. His name later becomes Peter. Jesus changes his name to Peter, which means what? Rock. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Oh, I hope you are receiving this. So then what happens is after, and Peter loved Jesus. Let's not misunderstand this. He loved Jesus. But when it came time for him to be tested, when Jesus is going through his biggest persecution, he says, I don't know that man. I've never seen that man a day in my life. I'm not around him. I'm not one of his followers. Woman, you crazy accusing me. You know what I'm talking about. Jesus said, before the crow, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter did. He denied him three times. But the most amazing thing that I see of Jesus is the same thing that I see with Ruth. He did not change his mind about Peter. He did not change what he put in Peter. Even though Peter left him in his greatest hour, he still said, Peter, I'm still going to use you to build my church. What in the world is wrong with the body of Christ that we can't think like Christ like that? As soon as someone messes up, we are quick to throw them out. Come on now, y'all know I'm telling them the truth. No loyalty to nothing. No loyalty. And the problem is, you see, that's how so much backbiting happens in the church. That's how so much gossip gets in the church. Oh, y'all not talking to me. This is how the kingdom of darkness invades the church. That's how the church looks more like the world than it does the beautiful, uh, blameless bride of Christ. It's because there's no loyalty. There's no loyalty. There's no loyalty to God. There's no loyalty to Jesus. There's no loyalty to each other. How in the world can you come against a kingdom of darkness if you're not royalty? It takes a kingdom to take down to take down a kingdom. I don't care if you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist. I don't care about your priestly anointing. Because every demon in hell don't care about your priestly anointing. The principalities and powers don't care about your priestly anointing. You're a priest. They seen your kind come. They seen your kind go. They respond to kings. They respond to royalty. But you cannot have royalty if you don't have loyalty. Are you learning something? Are you receiving something? Come on now. Let me see a hand. Let me see something. Come on now. Who was with me? Who was receiving something? And so this part I really like. So Ruth goes back with Naomi and she's an outsider. She, she's an outsider. And so it's around harvest time. So people need to get the grain. People need to get, 
you know, the food and stuff. And so Naomi, you know, tells Ruth, you know, to go out there and, you know, pluck, you know, get get the food, get get ready for the harvest. And she runs into a man named Boaz. Now, here, I want you to understand something. Boaz is the representative of Christ in this story. Okay? He is the representative of Christ. I tell you the truth, and in fact, the Lord placed it on my heart. I just want people to tell you. I, I want to tell you because I want you to get excited. Listen, if you are a woman, whether you're married, want to be married, about to be married, I don't care. You need to study Ruth. Okay? You need you you need to learn from Ruth. And gentlemen, any gentleman here, if you want to be a good husband, if you want to know what a husband looks like, if you want to know God's standards for husband, you need to study Boaz. I'm telling you, ladies, you need to pray for a Boaz. And gentlemen, you need to pray for a Ruth. Okay? I'm telling you the truth. You need to understand that. Because this is God's standard. God is about to I'm telling you. The Lord is, uh, and the reason why I'm saying this to be excited is because the Lord told me eventually I'm going to do a conference it's going to be called the Boaz and Ruth Conference. It's going to be for singles and married folk to show them God's standard for Ruth and Boaz, using the life of Ruth and Boaz. When it's going to be, I don't know. But the Lord said, it's coming. You need to get ready for that or anticipation of that. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want you to see something. Now, this is my... This is the very funny part. Ruth chapter 3, okay? Now, some of you have probably heard me use this scripture um, when I did um, Mother's Day called The Wisdom of a Mother. But let me tell you something. Naomi is hilarious. I'm going to be honest with you. Because the minute Ruth finds out that she ran into Boaz and talked to Boaz... Naomi went into full matchmaker mode. <laughs> she said, girl, let me tell you how to get a man like Boaz. <laughs> she said, Boaz ain't your average Joe type of guy. This is a good dude. This is a good man here. We, girl, let me teach you how to get you a man like Boaz. Come on now. The reason why so many women don't know how to get a Boaz because they were never taught how to get one. They were never taught how to look for a Boaz. They were taught to look for the good looking, the, the, the troublemaker, the, 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 the Drake looking, the whoever, Denzel looking type. They, they were taught to look for that, not looking for the Boaz. Come on now. And the reason, and again, problem. Boazes ain't taught to look for Ruths. Men aren't taught to look for a Ruth. They taught to look for pick the one that likes you the most. Pick the one that looks that looks good in a dress. That looks good on your arm. Come on now, y'all know I'm telling the truth. You see how jacked up some of our standards are? Come on now. And here it is. Naomi 
This is the wisdom of a mother. She says, girl, we're going to get you dressed. We're going to get you looking good. We, I'm going to show you how to get you a Boaz. <laughs> Glory to God. But this is the key. Why is Boaz so important? Boaz, first off, Boaz lets Ruth, you know, pick. But then he lets her pick from his own um yard, his own vineyard. Even though technically she's only supposed to be on the outside, he says, "No, you can take from me, from my from from my yard." He even tells his servants because people might be offended if they see her taking. Look, just pick and drop it and let Ruth pick it up from behind you. He offers Ruth water to drink, and you must understand all of these are significant of the Holy Spirit. Y'all not talking to me. The water He's he gives her water to drink to requench her to revive her because she'd been out in the sun, she'd been working. What did Jesus say he he would do to the um woman of Samaria? He said, Those who drink of the water I give will never thirst again. Come on, somebody, you have to see this. Boaz is literally showing what Jesus would do. He said, You know what? You ain't gotta be out here in the wilderness. Here, come and take of mine. Go take from my harvest and take what you need. Come on now. How much does Jesus love us that he said, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't got to do stuff on your own. I will help you every step of the way. I will provide for you. I will send angels who are my servants to help you. Come on, somebody who is receiving this. This is, this is the standard. This is the standard. We need more Boazes in the world. Men must step up and be like Boaz. Stop looking after only yourself. Think of others. He saw that poor girl and yes, he was attracted to her. Yes, she thought she looked good. But more importantly, he saw that she was struggling and decided to help her. He didn't care she was a Moabite. He didn't care. He said, I see a woman who needs my help. And if I have the means to help her, I'm going to do it. Glory to God. But then when Naomi hears, because Ruth has no idea who she is. She said, this nice man, let me do it. He was like, hold up. Who is this? Boaz. You know what? I know Boaz. He's related to me. All right. We're going to get you. We, we, I'm going to show you how to get him. I'm going to show you how to win you a man. She said, you may have won my son, but you ain't win you a Boaz. <laughs> Come on now. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You won my son, but you ain't win a Boaz. I'm going to show you how to win a Boaz. Are you there? Come on now. Ruth chapter three. Come on now. Are you there? All right. Now, um, write this, uh, or someone put it in the chat. Ruth chapter 3, verse 1. Okay? Oh, this is so good. So, are you there? Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast. Behold, he winnoweth barley 
tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore and anoint thee and put thy raiment upon thee and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. And thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down. And he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. Do you see Ruth's obedience? Here's another thing. This is this is another re- reason we need more Ruths in the world. Because Ruths will actually listen to the elders. The Lord actually gives us elders so that we don't start at level one. How many women, they're so full of pride. And it's not just women, it's men too. But I, but. We talk about Ruth here. You see so many women who want to do things on their own. How many times have you heard, I'm an independent, strong, I'm, you know, I can do this by myself and all that. No, you're supposed to listen to the elders so you don't have to start at level one. You can start at level 20. Come on, somebody. Instead of going from glory to glory, you can start from the glory of where the elders started off and then you take off from there. That's the problem. That's the problem. We don't have, this generation does not want to listen to the elders. They think they know everything already. They don't want to listen to the elders. They don't want to listen to the ones who were there already or who were there before. See, I'm 27. I ain't never been 27 before, but I know there's a couple of people here who been 27. I'd be a fool not to talk to some people about what 27 is like. I never been 27. Come on, somebody. I never been in this position of my life before. I don't know what the heck I'm doing because I never been here before, but I know my elders have been here before. People ask me, well, how am I so strong in the spirit? How do I know so much of God? It's because I listened to the elders. I inherited the things of the elders. That's how my ministry started moving so quickly. That's why most 27-year-olds at my age aren't doing the things I'm doing, aren't close to God like I am. And I don't say that to boast. I say that to say, you don't know the price that I paid. And the price that I paid was being humble and listening to the ones who were before me. She listened to her elder. Her elder was trying to show her how to get the man of her dreams, how to get her a good man, to get a man who could provide for her, take care of her and herself. Come on, somebody. She was trying to teach her how to get a Boaz. Y'all know what I'm talking about now. She didn't say, I'll figure out how to get him on. the." No, she listened to the elder. You ain't. No, nah, you ain't you ain't gonna get you a Boaz just because you're pretty. You ain't gonna get you a Boaz just because you're nice and you're pretty. Mm-mm. You gotta have a certain kind of heart. You gotta have something that a Boaz is looking for in order to get you a Boaz. See, Lord, sometimes I tell you, God is the ultimate matchmaker. I'm I'm here to tell you. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing uh, <laughs> Oh glory to God 
Now, the key is in verse three. You're about to see where the Christ is. It says, what does she tell her to do? Wash thyself, therefore, and anoint thee, anoint thee, put oil on you, put oil on yourself, smell good, make yourself presentable to him. Come on, somebody. She said, don't you don't just take a shower. You need to put some oil on you, girl. You, you got to put out all the stops. You got to put on some oil on you. You got to put on a raiment. You got to put on something. You got she she didn't say go in there um naked and seduce him. That's not what she said. She said, uh-uh, you gotta show him that you somebody. Put oil on you and put on raiment, put on something. And then go there, go at the foot of his bed. And don't and don't announce that you're there. Wait for him to acknowledge you. And then you offer yourself to him. You present yourself to him. And listen to what he says. Now why is this? <laughs> Glory to God. You want to know something that's so amazing? This is the way we're supposed to come to Jesus. Oh, let me show you. Oh, I hope you're ready. This is revelation. Wash thyself. Wash yourself in what? In his blood. Before you come to Jesus, you must be clean. And the only thing that cleanses us, the only thing that washes us is the blood of Jesus Christ. When you repent of your sins, when you wash yourself. Then what happens is anoint thee. The Holy Spirit that's in you becomes oil. You start worshiping. You start loving on Jesus. Then the oil comes on you. Now you're starting to look presentable to him. You're clean. You're anointed now because you're worshiping the Holy Spirit. You're worshiping with the Holy Spirit. You're fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And then the final thing. Put thy raiment on. What's raiment? Put on the Lord says that he will put raiment on you. He will put righteousness on you. If you read the book of Revelation, the, the John said, and I saw those clothed in white raiment. They were put in white clothing. They had on white robes. And that was the righteousness of Christ. They put on righteousness. Oh, uh, y'all, y'all not talking to me. Some, some people, y'all need to be getting excited. Literally, God is showing you how to make yourself presentable to Christ. Come on now. You wash yourself in the blood. Then you start worshiping. You start loving on Jesus. All worship means is loving on Jesus. You start loving on Jesus. Then the Holy Spirit starts getting stirred and starts anointing you. Starts making you look presentable to God. Start making you look desirable to God. Then what you do is you put on the garment. What garment? 
The Bible says you put on the garment of praise. You start praising him. You start worshiping. You start fellowshipping with him. Come on, somebody. You take off the old man and you put on the new man in Christ Jesus, the son of the living God. Come on, somebody. You put on righteousness and it's not your righteousness. It's his. And then you lay yourself at the feet of Jesus. You lay yourself at his feet. And you say, I am nothing more than your servant. I am nothing. Take with me as you will. If you will have me, you make yourself presentable. You you, you don't even say nothing. Then you let God come to you. Then you be still. When you submit, then be still. He'll acknowledge you. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. Who is getting this? Come on now. Are you learning something? Are you receiving this? Holy Spirit, get them revelation. Come on now. And it says, But make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. What does that mean? So then, here's Revelation. I hope you're ready. You be still and let Jesus soak in your love. You let him just soak in your love. You let him receive it. You let him eat. You let him drink. Eat. What does that mean? He's eating. Eating means you let him do the will of his father. Oh, come on, somebody. Jesus even said, my food is to do the will of my father. That's my food. So you allow him to eat. Let him do the will of his father when he calls you. And then you let him drink. Let him soak in the love that you lavishly put on him. Ah, glory to God. Come on now. Oh, that was revelation. That was deep. Oh, who caught it? Who needs me to do that again? Come on now. Oh, glory to God. I hope you caught it. Come on now. Some people need to give a shout of praise if you caught it. Mm. It's beautiful. But now I want to move forward. Mm. Number nine. So she does everything that Ruth does everything that Naomi says. Now look here. And he said, who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt. Over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Okay, so why is that important, a near kinsman? Okay, so here's the rule, basically. This is the Jewish culture. So, long story short, Ruth married Naomi's son, right? Okay? And she had two sons. So when one, so when her son died, technically, according to the law, his brother was supposed to marry Ruth and have a child with her so that his brother's legacy can move on, can can continue, okay? Now, because both of her sons died, which I believe God was basically saying, uh-uh, I'm going to rewrite some things because some things y'all took out of my context. Um, hey, like I said, I'm not, I'm not in it with no Bible scholars right now. I'm just telling you. But God, but basically she lost both of them. So now she has to marry 
in order to stay in the family, in order to stay in the family right, she would have to marry the closest kin, the closest person to kin, okay? The closest relative. That's why she said a near kinsman. And he said, blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. And as much as thou followest, not young men, whether poor or rich. So he's saying he was impressed that because Boaz was a little, was older, was much older than Ruth was. Not much, much older, but he was older. That's the point. And he was impressed that she wasn't just trying to get her just a young man, poor or rich. She went for the best person. That's why he said, you are showing much kindness. He was actually impressed that she had the maturity, the understanding, the knowledge to go after someone like Boaz. And not just a young dude or just someone who was rich or poor, whatever. Come on now. I hope y'all receiving this. And so that's the key here. Inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest. So he said, because you have done this, because you have shown kindness, because you have presented yourself to me like this, guess what? I'm going to do all that that you are asking of me. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Virtuous woman. That is the same thing you will hear in Proverbs 31. Write that down. Type it in the chat. Proverbs 31. Now, everyone should know Proverbs 31 is what all mothers should teach their daughters. On this is what, uh, this is how you get you a man of God. This is how you get yourself a good man. Be a Proverbs 31 woman. Be a virtuous woman. And gentlemen, look for yourselves. A Proverbs 31 woman. A virtuous woman. Someone who who was taught and shown how to be Proverbs 31. A virtuous woman. Come on now. Stop going after these hoochie mamas. Stop going after... Just stop it. Stop going after the Delilahs, the Jezebels. Go get you a Ruth. Go get you an Esther. Go get you someone with standards. Class. Someone taught something. And then if you are a man, learn how to treat a woman like that. Come on. Y'all ain't talking to me. Come on now. Look at this. And now it is true that I am thou near kinsman. Howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. So then, uh uh-oh, trouble. There's actually a relative that's actually closer than Boaz is. 
So, by law, Ruth will have to marry that person instead of Boaz. But let me tell you something. Ladies, I want you to receive this. When you find you a Boaz, or when you have a Boaz, and he wants you, there is nothing that will stop that man from going after you. Come on now, somebody somebody need to receive that. This person is going to care. This person going to want you. He said, for thou art a virtuous woman. She was a woman of virtue. She was a virtuous woman. This is the kind of woman that a mother told her son who was going to be a king. This is the kind of woman you need to get. You need to understand that. I, I, I'm going to talk to the men for a second. Ladies, y'all, I I got your back on this one, okay? Ladies, I got y'all covered. But I need to talk to the men real quick. Because men, you need to understand this. When you got yourself a Ruth, an Esther, a virtuous woman, people will look at you and call you blessed simply because of her. That's what the scripture says. That ain't what I said. That's what the word of God says. They will consider you blessed simply because of her. The Bible says, he who findeth a wife findeth a good thing. But that good is not just, oh yeah, she good. No, good thing as in a precious thing, valuable thing. When God considers women the weaker vessel, that that doesn't mean Men, that you're just superior. That's not what that means. It means that a woman is like fine china. You cannot play with china. You cannot play with fine china. Come on, those who have grandmas, those who have moms, you know what I'm talking about. You got those plates in the um, dining room that nobody's allowed to touch. For any circumstance whatsoever. Y'all know what I'm talking about. As soon as somebody hears a noise in the house, what is the first thing grandma said? Who touched my china? Whose tail do I have to beat for touching something so valuable and precious? Come on now. That's what God is talking about to the men. Women are like fine china. They're valuable. They're precious. You can't just play with them any old way that you want to. You have to take care of it. You have to cherish it. You got to put it on a pedestal and make sure that it's safe and secure. Man. Hey, man. Telling you the truth. Hallelujah. This is the word of God here. This is not an opinion. This ain't... Uh, a man talking, no. This is someone who knows the word of God and knows what God is referring to here. And ladies, now I'm going to turn to the ladies. Know your value. Know how valuable and precious you are. Let me tell you something. I saw something. A woman had to drive 400 miles just for a man to propose to her. And, um, the funny thing was there was someone, um, who was supposed to represent Jesus told 
the girl and said, do you really want to marry someone who make you drive 400 miles just to marry, just to propose to you? He said to her, he said to her, you are precious. You are a woman. I got much better in store for you than that. Know your value. Know your precious. That's what's wrong. We don't know the value system of what God. We don't, we don't have the same value God does. That's why all these women want to join this feminist movement. All these feminists need to sit down somewhere. That's why some of them don't have a man. And they want to lie, say they don't need a man, don't want a man. Uh, you're talking heavy, sir. Go ahead. Teach that. I'm just being real here. Come on now. I got my shouting shoes on. Amen. I do too. I'm, on the back. I'm about to run around this deck. Amen. <laughs> Come on now. Speak on that. Speak on that last one. Man, y'all know what I'm talking about. This feminist movement, that is a straight abomination to God. Talk about you so powerful, you do. No, genius. Yes, women are powerful. Yes, but women are precious. That's why God made man. God made man to take care of the woman. Oh, glory to God. That's why so much in the house is out of this is out of order. It's out of order. You how is a man going to be exit out of the house? No. A man needs to be in the house to teach your daughters. This is what a man looks like. And to teach your sons. This is the kind of man you need to be. You see the, you see the kind of woman your mother is. That's the kind you want. And daughter, you see the way your mother is? That's the woman you need to be. Out of order. Get back in order. Women, men are your protection. They are your covering. That's what that means. The head of every woman is the man and the head of every man is Christ. You are out of order. The feminist movement is out of order. You say I'm a Christian, but I'm a feminist. Get yourself together. Get in order. Get in order. That's all I hear the Lord saying to me right now. Get in order. So I can bless your house the right way. It shouldn't be difficult for you to receive a blessing on your household. The blessing will flow if you get in order. God's system is perfect. You must fall in line with the order in order to receive the fullness of it. Oh, I hope y'all receiving something. I hope y'all getting this here. Get in order. Get in order. God's system is perfect. Get in order. 
lousy feminist movement. Bunch of Jezebels with Ahabs. Ahab wasn't even a good king. Got a bunch of Ahabs out here. God is looking for Davids. For Boazes. For people who know. Why do you think Jesus said, oh, Men, you are supposed to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Here we see Boaz show the perfect example of that love. He didn't care about Ruth's past. He didn't care about Ruth's anything. He cared about her. Let me show you something. Are you there? I'm going to go to Ruth chapter 4. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Glory. Here, it says here. It's right here. Glory to God. Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsmen of whom Boaz spake came by unto him. He said, hold such a one. Turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took 10 men of the elders of the city and said, sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsmen, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab. Selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Oh my goodness. What does this mean? He offers an inheritance. He offers to pay the other relative to step down, to give up his right in order for him to take Ruth. In order for him to take Ruth, the responsibility of the land and the responsibility of Naomi. That's a good man right there. That's a Boaz. He said, I, and basically the other kinsman said, he didn't want all that. He didn't want all the problem. He said, he stepped down. He accepted the price that Boaz was willing to pay so that Boaz could marry Ruth. Jesus did the exact same thing to us. He was willing to pay the ultimate price just so that we could have a relationship with him. Do you see that? Gentlemen, that's a Boaz. That's the love Jesus is talking about. Being willing to lay down your life. To be willing to let go of certain things and do whatever you have to do in order to receive the very best God has for you. Come on now. Even if someone is there first, Say, nope, I'm here. I'm here. There was nothing that was going to strike. There was nothing that was going to stop Boaz from getting Ruth. He said, I, he wanted to make sure all the elders, he wanted to make sure it was legal. He was not just going to marry her. He said, I want to do this the right way. 
I want to do this with the kinsman's blessing and with the elder's blessing. And guess what? Boaz received favor with both man and God. Who does that sound like? That sounds like Jesus. Jesus had favor with both men and God, the Bible says. Ladies, get you a man who has favor with both men and God. And men become like Boaz, have favor with both men and God. Amen. Amen. Because of your integrity, because of your heart. And this is what's so important. Remember how I said God blessed Naomi? Blessed, first off, Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. He redeems us. He redeems us from our old life, from our old relationship. You read in Romans 7, it says that we were once in the, we, we were connected to this world. We were connected in sin, but through Jesus, when we died, guess what? We, the marriage to the world was broken. <laughs> the same way when your spouse passes on and moves on, you are free from that marriage. In the same way, when we died with Christ, we were broken from our marriage with the world in the sinful nature. And we had a new relationship, a new life in Jesus. So whatever the marriage was before, it was broken. Glory to God. And so here we see Jesus again. And now this is the last thing I want to say. This is very important. Remember how I said that God used her to bless the kingdom of God? How did she do that? Look at this. Go all the way back to Genesis. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, or what did God say? God said all the way back in Genesis. He tells the serpent and he tells mankind, I'm going to find a way to save you all. And the seed of the woman will come. And the seed will, you will strike his heel, but he will crush your head, serpent. And God said, I will use that seed. I will use it. Who, who is that person? He's talking about Jesus. I'm going to use my own son to be the seed of the woman to redeem the world. Look at this. Ruth, chapter 4, starting at verse 13. Write this down or type it in the chat. This is very key. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. It said the Lord gave her conception. The Lord was in the midst of it. The Lord was in control of it. The Lord said... I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give you an heir. I'm going to give you a son. Look at this. 14. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left. <laughs> even the darkest time. Even when it looked like there was no hope. There was no way out. There was no redeemer. There was no inheritance. There was no land. There was no continuation of the line. Here it is. Look at it. It said, God has not left thee. Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman. He did not leave her without a redeemer. 
God did not leave you where you are without a redeemer. Glory to God. He did not leave you without a redeemer. Amen. Whether that's through a judge or whether it's Jesus himself, he has a redeemer. Yes, oh yes. Thank you, Lord. I don't know who needs to hear this. But someone needs to hear this. God has not left you. I don't care how bad the situation looks. I don't care how hopeless it looks. I don't care if prophetic utterance or words were spoken to you and they still have not come to pass yet. God has not left you. Have not left thee this day without a kinsman, without a redeemer, without someone to get you out. And that person is Jesus. He's our kinsman redeemer. That his name may be famous in Israel. God did all of this. God caused all or God was in control of all the situation with Ruth so that he may be glorified. Your situation is for God to be glorified. Not for you to whine and complain, but for Jesus, for the Lord to be glorified. And look at this. Oh, I'm not done. I'm almost done, but I'm not done. Here it is. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age for thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee. See, there we go. That love, which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. She was better than seven sons. Ladies, pray for your sons. Pray for your sons to get them a roof. And they'll be so good to you. They'll be better than if you had seven sons to take care of you. That's the word of the Lord. That ain't me. That's the Lord. That's a promise. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And 17, key is in 17. And the woman, her neighbors, gave it a name saying, there was a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Why is that so important? That's the same line Jesus was going to come from, the line of David. Ruth gave birth to David's grandfather. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That is how she became so important in God's kingdom. God loved her so much and was so impressed with her. He said that my son, when he comes to the earth, his line, his lineage is going to have you in it. <laughs> Though you not a Jew, my son is going to come from you, Ruth. Because you are a virtuous woman. Because you have listened to the elders. You have held my standards. God's standards. Not man's standards. He, she didn't do what Orpah did. She went beyond because of her love. And that love is why God blessed her. And honored her. By saying, my son is going to come from you. You're going to give birth to Obed. Obed will have a son named Jesse. Jesse will have a son named David. 
David will be king and David will be the exact line of where my son is going to come from. He will be the seed and my son will be the seed of the woman that will crush the head of the serpent and redeem my people and reunite us in a relationship with one another. Glory to God. I hope you received all that. That was so much revelation. That was so much glory. I hope you caught it. I hope you received it all. I hope you are excited. I hope you are just, just filled to the brim with the glory of God. Oh, glory to God. I hope you received all of that. I know it was a lot, but I pray you received it because it's so important. Oh, my goodness. I am so done right now. I kind of went a little over, but it's okay. The Lord is here. The Lord was doing something and people needed to hear that word. I pray you receive it. I'm about to pray. I'm about to, you know, dismiss you all. But I just want you all to receive that. I just want you to receive Hallelujah. all of that and just know Hallelujah. that the Lord loves you all so much yes, and the so Lord yes. just wants nothing but the best for you. He has not left you without a redeemer. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer always and forever. We need anything. We can go to him. Glory to God. I pray right now, Lord, Heavenly Father, right now, I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I thank you for all these wonderful people here. I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, for the book of Ruth. I thank you for the revelation in the book of Ruth. I thank you for showing us the standard of both men and women through the Ruth, uh, through the life of Boaz and Ruth. I thank you, Lord, for the love and the humility of Ruth. I thank you for what Boaz um did because if it wasn't for those two, we would not have the line of which the Messiah came from. And for that, I thank you so much for them. I thank you so much for your plan in the midst of everything. And I thank you for what we learn from them is that you are always in the midst of everything. You have never left us, nor have you ever forsaken us. All things work for the good of those that love you. And Lord, we just love you. And we just pray that you you would just help us to fall even more in love with you, to have a closer, deeper, more intimate relationship with you. Now, Lord, I pray that when we leave and as we leave this Bible study, Lord, may your glory just go with them. May your love just continue to be with them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you are just around them every day moving forward. Just continue to be in their ear. Continue to take the, the word, the seed. Let it be planted and let it produce much fruit. Thank you, wonderful Jesus. Lord, we love you. We adore you. Thank you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name I do pray. For the present comfort of the Holy Spirit. And my prayer partners agree and said with me. Amen, amen, amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Take care and be blessed. Mm-hmm.